humanistic Roman world and the religious world upside down. And they did it because they served God who is able. They were not sitting around whining and crying and complaining. They were praising God who is able. Thus today we can find comfort and security and encouragement in the celebration of the Lord's table because it serves as a reoccurring reminder to us this day that Jesus Christ is alive and that he is able. When we come to the table, we ought to come remembering that he is alive, that he is able. Well, what is he able to do? Well, just for this morning, I want to share just three things as we prepare to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Three things that he's able to do. First, Jesus is able to save us from sin. Now, if you got any shouting yet all, that ought to bring it out. That the Jesus we serve is able to save us from sin, unlike the straw gods are the gods built out of wood, hay, or st stable, or metal, or any other material that cannot do anything for us. Jesus Christ is able to save us from sin. Now, here's something that you, you know. Uh, sin is destructive. Sin is deceptive. Sin is diabolical. Sin is demoralizing. Sin, even though we oftentimes take it lightly, is dehumanizing. Sin leads to death. It's in the text. But the good news is that God is able to save us from sin. Now, again, if you got any shout in you, that ought to bring it out that God is able to save us from sin. Romans 6.23 declares, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. John 3.16 states, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He's able, the text is telling us, to save. Romans 5 and 8 proclaims his ability this way. But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, Doubters in God's ability to save will sometimes say, I've heard people say, if they'll say it, they, they think it, I'm not really convinced of that. I'm not really convinced that God is able or even willing to save me. They say, Things like, you don't know who I am. You don't know my story. 
You don't know they will say where I've been. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the depth of my depravity. True enough. But I do know this. Who you are, where you've been, what you've done, who you've done it with, and who you've done it to is no match for or against the unimaginable, unrelenting, undeterred, and undeserved grace of God. Amen. Well, Saul experienced God's grace in Acts chapter 9 after trying with all his might to stamp out the church. Yet, by God's grace, he was saved on the Damascus Road, became a missionary apostle to the Gentiles, and wrote more books in the New Testament than any other writer. God is able. If he can take Paul and bring good out of his life, he's able. Slave trader John Newton was a man himself enslaved to sin, by, but the blood of Jesus liberated him. He then, by God's grace, fought to liberate others both from physical and spiritual slavery. If God can reach way down and pick up, a John Newton, certainly, he can do it for us. He's able. In fact, many believers, some of you are here today, can testify that my life was a ruthless, ruthless wreck. Lacking, I was lacking any sense of direction. I was being tossed to and fro like a ship on an angry sea. But by God's amazing grace, Jesus saved me and got me off the meaningless treadmill and gave me hope, gave me help, and gave me healing. He gave my life meaning and purpose. Jesus rescued me and put unspeakable joy down in my soul. Let me tell you, he's able. Someone else may testify, I was worried and guilt-ridden. I lived in fear, depression, despair, despising myself and others. But Jesus forgave my sin. And showed me that I had worth, I had value, I had merit, I had significance, and I am important to him. Now, instead of turmoil, I have peace. Instead of sadness, I have joy. Instead of defeat, I now walk in victory because God is able. 
Jesus says, do this remember in remembrance of me. When you eat the bread and drink the cup, remember that I am able. Second, Jesus is able to help us overcome temptation. The Apostle Paul wrote in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The biblical record reveals Peter was troubled by his temper. Thomas found the resurrection hard to believe. And brothers James and John were tempted for and clamored for, tempted by and clamored for power, possession, and prestige. That's the reason they wanted to know from Jesus, can I, one of us sit on the right and one sit on the left when you come into your kingdom? The truth of the matter is all humanity, ancient and modern, have known the temptation of the flesh. No one, regardless of how high and holy we ascribe to be, is exempt from temptation. In fact, which of us here today have not done something foolish that we later regretted? Is anybody here that can say truthfully that you have not yielded to anything that you now regret that you yielded to? Pastor included. Even more subtle are those intangible sins, such as pride and greed and jealousy and envy and hatred. Who is exempt from such temptations to sin? But the good news for us is that Jesus understands the drag, the draw, and the dilemmas associated with temptation. Hebrews 4.15 puts it like this. It tells us, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. What the text is telling us is that Jesus has been there. Therefore, Jesus knows and understands that we face and what we'll face when we're tempted, and he's able to help us to just say no to Satan and his temptation. Remember that with every temptation, God provides a way out. You know that, don't you? The issue is that we don't always take it. But for every temptation, whenever you attempt it, just begin to look around and you'll see that God already has an open door for us to escape. It's in the text. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you except such is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape. Every temptation that comes our way, by God's grace, he already has an escape hatch. Just look for it, it's there. 
and you may be able to bear it. Paul underscores the reality that Jesus Christ is able and will give us power to resist evil and do the right thing. The table, the bread, the cup are monumental reminders to us this day that Jesus Christ is able to help us overcome temptation, whatever it is. And then third and finally this morning, Jesus is able to keep us from falling. That's good news, isn't it? He's able to keep us from falling in a world that presses against us, in a world that challenges us, in a world that pushes us, in a world that bullies us, in a world that confronts us to fall, Jesus, according to the text, is able to keep us from falling. But you know, that's the enemy's goal to, to cause us to fall. Jesus is able to keep that from happening. Life is a journey. It's a pilgrimage. It's a mission. Some years ago, I read a book by John Bunyan entitled, and some of you have read it, many of you heard of it, Pilgrim's Progress. What a great little book, a great little story. It's not that long uh, of a book, but it's a great story. Pilgrim's Progress is about a dream John Bunyan had while he was in prison. He was on his way from earth to heaven called the Celestial City. But all along the way, he felt face obstacles designed to cause him to fall. All the way along, he found obstacles. He, he faced obstacles. He was doing well for a while, and then another obstacle would, would come up to try to cause him to fall, to keep him from reaching his destination. Yet all along the way, Bunyan experienced the able hand of God, the supernatural hand of God, the omnipotent hand of God. He experienced the all-powerful hand of God all along the way, guiding him helping him and holding him up until the day came when he made it safely to his destination, the celestial city, that great city of God. So it is for us, life is a progress, a process. It's a, it's a pilgrimage. Like the ocean, there will be high tides and low tides. Like seasons, there will be summer and winter, even here in Florida. Like harvest, there will be times of plenty and times of barrenness. Like life, there will be joy, there will be but the table reminds us that God is able to keep us from falling. 
Jude 24, 25 summarizes the ableness of Jesus with these words. Now, not tomorrow, not next week, not next month, but Jude says, now. Dr. L.T. Whitelock taught us this benediction in seminary, Old Testament prof professor, and he, he taught us this in all of those years since I left Virginia Union University. I've used this and stood on this. Now, Jew says unto him, now, not unto Washington, D.C. Now, not unto my 401k. Now, not unto the military. Now, not unto the United States flag or no other country's flag. But now unto him. Jesus who is able to keep you. Don't you love that? That we serve a God who is able to, to keep you. He has you wrapped up in his arms. He's keeping you. Last night while you slept and slumbered, he was keeping you on your way to church. He was keeping you even on your sick bed. He was keeping you. Even when I laid my mother to rest three weeks ago, God was keeping us. A few Sundays ago, with a plane crash in this parking lot, God. Now unto him who is able to keep you, keep you, keep you from losing your mind. Keep you from falling, Jews says, and present you faultless. No guilt, faultless. No condemnation, faultless. Before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior. Did you get that? Be glory and majesty, not unto man, not unto people, but unto God. Be glory and majesty, dominion, and power, now and forever. So keep your hand in God's unchanging hand. Because as the text reveals, he's able. There are a lot of things that I like to do, but I fall short, but God is able. I'm not always there for you, but God is He's able. He's able at home. He's able at church. He's able at your hospital room. He's able at work. He's able in your sick room. He's able in the courtroom. He's able in your prayer 